Welcome to the BJU Press Teacher Edition Podcast, where Christian educators are encouraged and inspired as we bring you interviews, practical ideas, strategies, and answer your questions about teaching in today's culture. And here's your host, Jenny Copeland. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to jump in today's topic for a number of reasons, one of which is because it has to do with the start of school. So I'm one of those people who always gets excited when I see school supplies appearing in the stores. So even if I don't need school supplies, I just love wandering up and down those aisles. And there was just always something invigorating about the smell of new crayons. So I remember as a child actually being disappointed when our annual school supply shopping trip was over. So probably that's way too much information for all of you. And probably most of you are really thinking I need help right now. But All that to say, just talking about the start of school is really exciting for me. But before we start today's topic, I just want to remind you of a few show items. So be sure to take a minute to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media as well. So we are Teacher Edition Podcast on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Teacher Edition Pod. That's Teacher Edition Pod. One other item before we jump into today's interview I want to invite you to go to our website. That's teachereditionpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to our emails so you'll receive our updates. But also on the website, you can submit your questions, your funny stories, and your testimonies. In upcoming episodes, we want to take some time to answer those questions and, of course, share your blessings and your funny stories from your classroom. So I'm really excited and looking forward to seeing what comes in and then, of course, to sharing those with our listeners. So let's jump back to our first day of school theme. There are so many different elements that come into play and are vital for the first day and for the start of a new school year in general. As a teacher and as a principal, I remember just feeling the myriad of details and they were just overwhelming at times. So I'm a list person. And that was definitely one of those times when I felt like every time I checked off something, I added three more items to do. So all of those items are really important, and without, of course, without careful attention to those details, the start of the school year is going to be a really bumpy ride. But there's another element that we need to be sure to have on our list, really at the top of our list, and that is making biblical worldview shaping a top priority even from day one. So for some of you who are listening, that probably added a tinge of stress or anxiety because You know, you're holding on for dear life as you start a new year in your classroom. And the thought of adding one more thing really just seems impossible. But please don't stop listening. Stay with us. And I think you'll be encouraged and challenged and maybe even recentered on the main reason as to why we are Christian educators and how even in the midst of the craziness of the start of the school year, you can bring biblical worldview shaping into your classroom. Joining us to talk about this topic is Brian Smith. He has a PhD in Old Testament interpretation, and he has worked in Christian education for 30 years, serving both as a classroom teacher as well as a textbook author. So he's currently serving as the director of Biblical Worldview Formation at BJU Press. So I've had a front row seat and have observed Brian and his team as they work on a daily basis to come alongside authors and teachers and assist them in the work of shaping a biblical worldview in classrooms. And really, that fits perfectly with our topic for today. Brian just has a great way of bringing these principles and these strategies right down to where they're relatable and practical. So, Brian, thank you so much for being willing to spend some time with us today for this episode. Sure. Thank you for having me, Jenny. 
As a segue into today's topic of biblical worldview shaping from the very first day, could you take just a minute or two and talk a bit more about what exactly you do at BJU Press? Yeah. So I lead a team whose job it is to work together with all the other teams at the press. So that would be teams of writers and teams of designers and researchers and editors to ensure that every product that we produce contributes to developing a biblical worldview in the students from the context provided by whatever the subject matter is, whether it's elementary spelling or social studies or, or whatever. And um, our job is to uh, set vision for the product, but also what the press is trying to do in general and inspire. Also, part of our job is to instruct, to provide training, to make sure that everyone involved knows how to achieve that vision, and then to provide certain measures of accountability to make sure that we're we're living up to that vision. You know, we're, we're, we're delivering on it with whatever the product is that's being produced at the time. Okay, so on the surface, I think many would be quick to assume being Christian, as in a Christian school, is a catch-all. Like, it covers what the students need. But as you're sharing, biblical worldview shaping seems to be more intentional, not just something that's automatic. So I'd love to explore that just a little bit more. Why do you feel it is important to do worldview shaping even in Christian education? Yeah. Um, you know, the term that we used to use back in the 70s and the 80s was the term Bible integration. The problem with that term is certainly not the word Bible. Bible needs to be woven into the student's experience all day, every day, because it's the Word of God. But the, there's something wrong with the term integration. It, it just suggests that the bar is exceedingly low. All you have to do is get a verse on the page. All you have to do is have a verse painted in the hallway. All you have to do is have a, a verse on a, a bulletin board. And what Christian education needs to be Christian is not a series of Bible add-ons. What it needs is a biblical perspective. And that's the genius of this word, worldview. The Bible is woven into the instruction, but it's not woven in as something that's just stapled on top of the learning, but it's woven in as a corrective lens enabling us to see the world uh, the way it's meant to be seen. That w what we're after is a God-ordained perspective on social studies, on science, on math, uh, on language arts, and all of the rest, not just a verse awkwardly inserted. So our theme for this episode is from the first day of school. And I, I think I mentioned to you how much I really like the first day of school. I'm, I'm sure you totally agree with that. Well, as you know, well. <laughs> in your intro, you were talking and, and I as a kid, I can remember when the back to school signs started showing up in the stores. It was like a knife in my heart. I hated it. It was always in July. And I was like, I think I've got four more weeks here of summer and it's it's already being anyway. My only four more weeks was a, wow, only four more weeks. I don't think your only four more weeks was that. Yeah, I was coming at things from a different angle. But, you know, once the school year got started, that's where I wanted to be. Um, I just had to get over that, that initial hump. Okay, so let's talk about that first day. So biblical worldview is obviously a passion of yours. But do you think it's appropriate to bring up the idea of biblical worldview on the first day? And if so, what would that look like? Yeah, I, I think it is. Now... I think that's scary to some people because for them, the term worldview is synonymous with uh, philosophy. Maybe it's synonymous with uh, really abstract thought. And that's not what the word worldview means. I mean, you can talk about worldview in a very philosophical, abstract sort of way. But when we use the term worldview, we're just talking about the perspective from which we look at all of life. And even a kid who's 18 months old has a perspective on life, even though he, if he's 
verbal by that age. He's going to be verbal in an 18-month-old way, and it's going to be very different when he's 16 years old or when he's 18 years old. I think when we understand what the Bible is, the, the Bible is God's Word to us, and the Bible does not give to us the sum total of all knowledge. It gives to us, by God's wisdom, the foundation for knowledge. It's what makes knowledge possible. It's what explains to us why science even exists in our schools. It's what explains to us what it means to be human and why being human is very different from being an angel or why being human is very different from being God or why being human is very different from being an animal. It provides for us the foundation for knowledge. And the first day of school, the first week of school is about foundations. And so worldview is uh, it's appropriate for every day of the year, but it's most appropriate uh, at the beginning of the year while we're showing students that the Bible isn't just something we read, but it's something that is our foundation for all of the learning. It's going to look different from one age level to another. I think in, in kindergarten or in lower elementary school, one of the things that we do early on is we're talking to the students about the rules, the teacher's expectations for the classroom. That's a great opportunity to engage students in worldview discussion. You don't have to use the word worldview, but you can talk to the students about uh, what the rules of the classroom are going to be. You can actually engage with them as to what, you know, you'll have some rules that you're going to bring, and then you can also get them into conversation. What are some more rules that you think would be good for this classroom that would help us? And then make sure that in that conversation, you bring it back to certain statements of Scripture. You've got to plan this out ahead of time. But the, the rules of our classroom, the expectations of our classroom, they all have to do with moral expectations that show up in various places in, in Scripture. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. You know, that, that's going to undergird something. And then uh, obeying and honoring, there's a lot of verses about that with parents and children, and, and teachers are not the parents of these children, but they are working together on the same team with the parents. When you get up into the older grades, you know, let's say it's fourth grade reading, ask the students, why do we read? There are some really good worldview answers to that. By the way, a secularist has different answers to that question than a Christian does, and, and you can answer in a bunch of different ways, but one is that God has spoken to us, spoken to all of us. And he's one of the key ways in which he's chosen to speak to us is through a book. But that book is always a closed book, so long as you can't read and can't read well. You know, another thing would be to ask, uh, maybe in middle school, maybe a middle school U.S. history course, first day, ask the students, what is justice? To you, what is justice? And how do you know when something's just? How do you know when something is unjust? The well, You know, when you think about it in um, in these terms, you are actually just pursuing best practice in the classroom. People often say that a great way to start off the school year is with an essential question that's so big, so general, that it actually can by itself pull the students through all of the learning. It's not that all of the learning is contained in that question, but it can be a motivating force for the in entire learning. And I'm just saying, let's ask those questions to the students, get them talking together in discussion in the classroom, but let's do it from a, a Christian perspective. Let, let's talk to the students about, um, like I mentioned, justice, Second Samuel 23, the last words of David, he who rules over men must be just 
ruling in the fear of God. Justice is ruling in the fear of God. That's a great conversation to have with students. But it's important to let them talk for a while so that... Right, not just tell. And when you're telling, you're not really telling, but you're shaping from biblical statements what they're saying in class. Absolutely. So I love that you mentioned about the rules at the beginning of the school year. So let's talk about that for a second, because often in those first few days of school, that's when teachers are introducing their expectations for their class. So I remember being a student in school and we had a very, a list of very specific rules posted at the front of the classroom. And I think over time, classrooms have shifted to more general guiding principles for their classroom. So more general expectations that really correspond to a number of different behaviors in the classroom. So instead of sitting quietly, raise your hand, don't get out of your seat, don't make any noises, <laughs> teachers might say, be respectful of others. So somewhat connected to that is the emphasis on character, like you mentioned. So I think classrooms have shifted, again, from trying to address every behavior and instead focusing on good character. And obviously demonstrating good character is, you know, it's positive, it's a God-honoring trait. But I'm just wondering, could you comment on how does character intersect with worldview? So Christian educators used to talk a lot about character. Now we're hearing a lot more of an emphasis on worldview. So I wondered if you could just take a few minutes and unpack those two terms a little bit further. Are they two different ways of talking about the same thing? And if they're really different, you know, character and worldview, how are they related? Right. Yeah, they're different, but they are very much related, to be sure. Worldview is, I guess you would say, logically prior to character. So it's really important to make sure that we talk to students about a biblical worldview and about what a biblical worldview demands, and from that base, work our way to talking about expectations of character. If we don't do that, we run the risk of producing through our Christian schools students who are responsible, who are good friends, who are hardworking, but who are pagans. And I, I, you know, the word character is claimed in some form or other by everyone, but the Bible is claimed only by Christians. So I, I've been working on a project here at the press, and, and for the last uh, couple of weeks in that project, I've been doing some reading in Aristotle, who was taught by Plato. You know, he's one of the three most famous ancient Greek philosophers, and he's had a huge uh, influence over the history of human thought, over the history of education. But he was he was a pagan. But one of the words that is very much associated with him throughout the history of philosophical thought is the word virtue, which is a, a synonym for how we have tended to use the word character. And he was all about saying we've got to have virtue and that a civilization, a society that's low in virtue, there's nothing you can do to save it. It's going to destroy itself sooner or later. There's no such there's no such thing as a government that can bring law and order to a group of citizens who are not virtuous. And his recommendation was the way to get virtue into a populace is through education. But he lived he lived in the 300s BC. He knew nothing of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ hadn't been born yet. So far as I know, he knew nothing of Jehovah God and the Hebrews. He was he was not shaped by biblical worldview and it shows in some of his other recommendations that he had recommendations that were really quite immoral. All that proves is that character that's not connected back to a biblical worldview is not anything that we're really interested in. It, it just makes people more successful as unbelievers, and a successful unbeliever has more comfort uh, with the lies that he has surrounded himself with. So 
yes, we are going to emphasize that students be respectful of one another, but it's because all humans are made in the image of God. We're going to emphasize that it's important that students behave together in class in such a way that they are obedient to their authorities. But it's it's not because the authorities are the king of the universe, but because God, the ultimate authority, has placed these authorities in their lives for their own good. And it's important that they live in that classroom in such a way that they're contributing to um, a good learning environment because they are obligated to love their neighbors as themselves because their neighbors have all been made by God. Bringing it back to God and his word over and over again, um, only by doing that are we really engaged in education that's Christian. Now, that's fantastic. That really helps to clarify. That's great. So as we wrap up our time, I'd love for you to comment on what do you think is the biggest challenge that parents and teachers are facing today, and specifically in the realm of Christian education? I, I know that's a broad question, but I'd love your thoughts on that. Ooh, that is a broad question. Well, very, very generally, there's something that just never changes, and that is that we live in a world where the kingdom of God has come, and so the grace that comes from the kingdom of God is present and available, but the kingdom of darkness is still there, and it's been knocked back by the victories of Christ, but it's offended, and it wants the next generation. Uh, it wants to claim it for itself, and that's how it was in the 1680s when it comes to raising uh, children, and that's how it is in 2023. There, there is something that's different in 2023 than in the 1980s or the 70s, and that is that current day technology has a remarkable way of saturating kids' lives, even at the tender age of four or five, with ungodly thinking. And uh, we almost all of us carry around in our pockets these days a very powerful computer that's a window to anyone we want to talk to, anyone that we want to be with. You know, it's great because they can be, have contact with the right kinds of people. And the reason that's so perilous is that God has made us in such a way that we are hardwired for discipleship. I mean, we are. And he's made us to be social beings. And whoever you spend the most time listening to, that person, whether he means to or not, whether you mean for him to or not, whoever you spend the most time listening to, that, that person will disciple you. And you will start imitating how that person thinks. You'll start imitating how that person responds to situations. You'll start imitating how that person talks. So what this means is that we, um, as parents, have to spend time with our kids. It doesn't matter how busy you are. You've got to figure out ways to spend time with your kids. And the time that you spend with your kids, you got to be careful that it doesn't just focus on you preaching sermons to them and letting them have it for all the, the negative behavior you may have seen in the previous week. But you got to figure out what are the things that she likes, what are the things that he likes, and then figure out some way to participate with her, with him in those things so that you can be the voice that's discipling them, especially when they're most open to it, when they're doing something that they enjoy. You got to be engaged in your children's education. So I think it's very important for parents to understand that teachers, even when they're giving negative feedback to the parents, they're on the same team. And and as, as parents, we need to take seriously that feedback. But for, for teachers in particular, I, I say it's very important uh, for you to be carefully noticing uh, students' behavior and, and whether their use of technology may be playing a role 
in moving their behavior in the wrong direction. And I, I think um, adding a component of what you might call digital citizenship to your instruction is really key uh, because they're going to be using digital devices no matter what. So we ought to make use of that interest that they've got in these things, uh, whether it's fourth grade or eighth grade or 12th grade, to teach digital citizenship. And you know what? You can do that from a secular perspective or you can do that from a biblical worldview perspective. Let's make sure we do it from a biblical worldview perspective. I thought you might bring that up. It's very applicable. And I'm, I'm glad you brought in the technology aspect because that definitely, that's just taking our lives by storm. It's, it's sad to sit in a restaurant and see a family out for a family dinner and everyone's on their devices. And you think, oh, they're just, they're throwing away that precious time together. Well, I think, yeah, we can't deny that these are challenges and they're challenges on all sides. You know, but I just, as you were talking, I keep thinking at the same time, we have such an opportunity to influence students at this time. And we talk often how teachers are with the children often more than they're with their parents, at least awake <laughs> with their parents. So huge opportunities there. And I really appreciate your thoughts and your insights. So thank you, Brian, for being with us today. I appreciate your time and sharing just really practical ideas and challenging all of us about the urgent need to make this a priority as we, you know, even from day one, as you talked about, even as we start our school year, help these students think biblically. And, you know, when it's on our radar and it's a priority, we're going to see those opportunities even on day one, because biblical worldview shaping isn't just a lesson objective. It isn't like you just said, you know, a poster on the wall. And if we t I was even thinking if I take a few minutes to think back through some typical days in the classroom and you see how many interactions and behaviors and discussions just provided perfect opportunities for pointing them to a biblical worldview and giving them that biblical worldview. So I'm confident the year ahead is going to provide all of us a myriad of those opportunities as well as we face different things with homes and just in the classroom itself, let alone society and the culture we're living in. So today's conversation has really given me and I really trust our listeners as well, just a fresh reminder of some strategies for not wasting those opportunities. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you were challenged and encouraged as I was. Remember to go to teacheredition.podcast.com to submit questions for upcoming episodes. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and please do follow us on social media. Now it's time to get back to your day, but it's not just any day. Every day in the classroom is your day to impact and inspire through God's power and His grace working in you. Go do what God has called you to do.